Good morning, this is Randy Landry, and this is my 99th podcast in Common Sense and Ramblings in America. Today I'm going to read from Chapter 5 in my book on travels. Fourth Decision, When to Go. When you when to travel is also a very important decision that you'll have to make. Besides the obvious reasons for choosing certain times of travel, there are less obvious reasons as well. It almost seems silly to mention these reasons, but in an effort to be as complete as possible, I will mention them anyways. First of all, you need to ask yourself what you want to do on your trip. Do you like to water ski or snow ski, for instance? If you want to water ski, you of course will go when it is warmer. Dodging icebergs and wearing a dry suit doesn't seem like much fun when you're being pulled behind a speeding boat. The same thing goes for snow skiing. You wouldn't want to do that in the summer. For one, the slopes are closed. Now, there are those out there that say you can put wheels on your skis and you would be right. But let's face it, the only people that do that are Olympic athletes who need to train year-round. So you obviously want to ski in the winter. They are also less obvious and less silly reasons for winter travel besides enjoying other winter sports like cross-country skiing and snowshoeing and ice fishing. And that is viewing the northern and southern lights. You need to view them in the winter months as well. Viewing polar bears while they are hunting on ice floes is also better in the colder months. Of course, swimming, spearfishing, and scuba diving are all enjoyed mainly in the warmer seasons of the year. Some hardy souls can enjoy them in the cooler months as well. So you're getting the idea that there's a lot of flexibility here. That is what makes the subject of travel so interesting. Literally thousands of blogs, websites, and books are devoted to the subject. So you're asking me again, why am I writing yet another travel book? Because I am going to fill it full of personal experiences. Ones I deem you worthy, that is, LOL. Now that we have the weather determinant activities covered, Let's discuss other reasons for seasonal travel. As you get closer to the equator, the weather changes are minimal and also so travel times are more flexible. There really is no off-season. As you get a little further away from the border, you have issues like annual rainy seasons and tropical and subtropical reasons. While travel may be cheaper during the rainy season, who wants to slog through 10 inches of rain and wear rain gear all the time? So seasonal issues is one reason for the choosing certain seasons. More northern regions that have extreme winters are only open for the spring and summer seasons, so you are limited to these times as well. However, the vast regions that have four active seasons still have peak tourist times. During these times, the prices are usually higher and the hotels and attractions are usually filled to capacity. If your itinerary and travel times are more flexible, you can take advantage of off-season price discounts. Though be forewarned, some of the more popular exhibits may be offline for repair. This happened to us when we went to visit Paris in January of 2020. All the major hotspots were being worked on to prepare them for their busy summer season. This was a minor inconvenience for us, which was easily offset by the huge cost savings we enjoyed. The weather was also a little more inclement, so we had to dress accordingly. As long as you prepared for these issues, you can enjoy cheap luxury travel on a budget. Case in point. I lost track of the holiday schedule and made a trip to Monterey, California to do some scuba diving. I usually go off season and get hotels for less than 50 a night. This time the hotel rate was 250 for the same room. What a shock to my wallet. We finally found one a little cheaper. 
So take my advice when you travel, don't do it on a holiday. Which weather is best for traveling? Best time to travel north and south. Temperatures in the most popular places, Delhi, Rajasthan, Agra, and Mumbai are comfortable and the rain is minimal. Low season in most places is April through June when temperatures soar. July, November are busy months in the Himalayas, but less so elsewhere throughout India. Below, I have posted, which obviously I cannot show you on this blog or podcast, should I say, are maps of the world for each month when the optimal times are to travel. Uh, this will be visible on my blog as well as on my book. So as I'm talking, I am scrolling through all these maps to get to the bottom of my posting, which is the maps were posted from the culturetrip.com website. So this concludes my reading of this chapter. It was a shorty. I told you it would be. Now I'm going to read from chapter six, planning the actual trip. Oh, how exciting. Veteran travelers would say that by doing the first four steps that I've discussed so far in my book, that you have already started planning your trip. Well, I guess that is true. However, I really don't agree with that because you only have a location, time, budget, naive. That leads to what type of trip you are doing. You still don't have any itinerary or an agency or tour group you are going to use. In independent travel, you don't have reservations or tickets purchased for you. So you basically have only been spitballing until now. This is when you do the actual heavy lifting. Get your phone out and warm up your computer and grab all your maps and reference books on your destinations. If you're like me, you probably have a shelf full of travel books and maps already. If you're missing a few of them, relax. That is what Amazon Prime is for. When you buy your maps, try to buy the ones that are coated and waterproof. Nobody can deny that travel can be expensive, so you can, should consider protecting the investment from unforeseen circumstances. You can do this with Traveler's Insurance. AAA provides travel insurance options, as does the website www.travelers.com. These insurance companies are trip-specific and cover things such as acts of God, which interfere with your travel plans. Once the trip is over, the policy coverage also ends. DAN, or D-A-N, provides year-round dive-related insurance coverage for those adventurous spirits that like to go diving in their travels. While companies such as World's Nomad and AIG Travel Guard also provide diving options for the intrepid trailer, tra traveler. However, the insurance coverage ends after the trip is over. I am sure you're saying, why do I need maps and books if I have a GPS outfitted cell phone? Well, my young Padawan, if you have to ask this question, you truly are a newbie to travel. If you are staying in the U.S. or highly populated areas in industrialized countries, you might be okay. But if you, your trip involves any third world countries, your phone will become a camera only. You just won't have service. This happened to us in Paris. We even bought a new chip, but it did not work. Two days into our trip, we finally had cell phone access. When we traveled to the Philippines, our Wi-Fi access was so slow that it took hours to open up even the most basic web browser. When we visited the Beastie Badlands in New Mexico, our GPS on our cell phone was totally useless. As a result, we never did find all the sites we were looking for. 
Have I provided enough examples? Oh, by the way, your books and maps don't need batteries and they still work even if they get wet. All you have to do is dry them off. So do yourself a favor and have backups to your phone. I estimate that we easily lost three days of travel time in the Philippines because I had listened to my wife and did not bring my maps and books. You know what? My wife never complains about the books and maps that I bring with us. They have come in handy on more than one occasion. If you are going with a tour group, I will let you slide by on this one, but no extra credit points for you. If you go on a tour group, decide what attractions you want to see and visit. There may be options or add-ons to the tour. If you have free days or time to check out other attractions, your travel book and maps will come in handy in finding them quickly and easily. If you are into photography, try to choose a travel group that specializes in photography. They'll work a little harder to get you to locations at the best times to photograph them. It will also allow more time for you to take your pit photos and may actually help you to find just that right spot. Remember, they work for tips. If you go through a travel agency that offers all-inclusive services, your travel planning won't go much past writing a check or pulling out a debit or credit card. However, even if you opt to go this route, do yourself a favor and plan like you are going to do it on your own. The more educated you become on your destination, the more fun you will have and the more respect you will get from the locals. Many of these people rely on tourist money, but they also appreciate it when a traveler takes the time to learn something about their country. Besides, they are proud of where they live, just like you are. When I plan a trip, I allow myself one day after my last day of work to pack and double check everything, like having a neighbor water your plants or keep an eye on your place. Take your pets to a kennel or set up your house sitter. Remember, the more complicated your travel plans and itinerary is, the more stuff you have to pack. Do yourself a favor, double check everything you pack to make sure that you have everything you need. A miss missing cable can ruin a trip. Replacing missing or broken forgotten items is easy if you are in an industrialized area, but it may be impossible if you are in a third world country. I used to do a lot of diving on my trips. One time I forgot to pack my dive computer. Guess what? 50 pounds of luggage became dead weight. I just brought it back to the airport and put it in the locker until we left. Then I had to rent all my stuff every time I went diving. Another time I forgot to bring my charger for my camera batteries. Amazon Prime to the rescue. Hoo -doo -doo. Even better, after you checked everything twice, have your partner check through your stuff again. And you do the same for them. Go through your checklist out loud with your partner as well. I also allow myself one to two days to decompress from my long trips. Even though it is a vacation, you truly are not resting. You are having fun. Don't mistake the two of them. You still need to rest before going back to work. So when you're planning your itinerary and buying your tickets, allow for these extra days for packing and relaxing. If you follow my plan for travel, you will have a list of things you want to do and see on the trip. Even better, they'll be graded on must-do-see and is nice but do or not die if you don't get to do them. If there is a chance that you, they may be booked up early, make the reservations in advance. The same goes with hotels and any other attraction that may be sold out. When you're planning out your itinerary, make sure the places are open on the days you have scheduled for them. This happened to us when we went and were in New Orleans. We had a certain day scheduled to eat our breakfast at the world-famous Brennan's. When we went there, they were closed, and we were leaving before they reopened. The bad thing is, we had we known, we could have went the day before. However, every cloud has a silver lining, and we got to enjoy an absolutely fabulous breakfast at the Court of Two Sisters, located close by. When you're reserving your hotels, make sure that they are close 
goodbye to the things you want to see as possible. Many hotels offer lower prices, and this is for a reason. They are usually quite a bit further away, and the money you spent in transportation may come to more than the amount saved with a cheaper hotel. Some cities that have lots of attractions like Rome and Paris may offer ticket books that offer discounts on their attractions. There is also discounts for transportation. If you are traveling in Europe, do yourself a favor and watch their respective show by Rick Steves for your vacation destination. He also has a show for vacation planning that is quite good. When you travel, you should try to blend in as much as possible. So go to the internet and check out what types of clothing they wear. I don't expect you to wear later hosen or knee-high leather breeches, but at least get a feel what will not stand out too much. Once you have an idea of what you will need to wear to be comfortable, pull out all your clothing that you think you might that might work. That includes comfortable shoes. Plan on doing a lot of walking no matter where you are going. Remember, comfort is more important than style. You may also you may ask why I am talking about this stuff in the planning chapter. Well, if you wait to the last minute to go through your clothes, you may find out that you don't have the appropriate clothes. If you do, in the early stages, you will have time to buy the appropriate items. You will also have the budget for them. Try to buy clothing that will be usable for other trips and life at home as well. If you're planning a cold weather trip, make sure that you have the appropriate clothing. I live in Las Vegas, and I was planning a trip to see the Northern Lights in Alaska in January. I thought I was buying the appropriate clothing. I was wrong. Even though I was wearing two hats and two pairs of gloves and two jackets, I froze my ass off. I had to buy a new gloves, jacket, and hat in Alaska, and so did my wife. The lesson learned here is buy the appropriate clothing from the appropriate location. If you want sushi, don't buy it at a gas station convenience store. When we went to Paris, I knew they had a high amount of pickpocketing and theft. So we went to my favorite anti-theft website, PackSafe.com, and purchased sling packs, small travel camera backpacks, and anti-theft camera straps. Since my spouse and I are avid photographers, we have lots of camera gear. However, uh, we went out of our way and brought our smallest and least obvious gear, which was our mirrorless cameras. They look just like point-and-shoot cameras, but perform as full-size DSLRs. Remember, try to blend in. Now, a lot of people just have cell phones, however, it just doesn't guarantee that you won't be robbed anyway. My niece had her cell phone stolen in Paris. Four guys tried to rob me in a subway in Paris, but thanks to my sling pack, they were unsuccessful in getting anything. Do not keep anything in your pockets. Do not keep anything where you can't see it. My sling pack was always in the front of me. You may ask what the backpacks were for, and that was for the airports as a carry-on. One item I consider essential for all of your travels is a small portable luggage scale. It is easier to adjust your luggage in your hotel room than in line at the airport. Always allow yourself a couple of pounds extra. Their scales may be off some. Bring the scale even if you carry on only because a lot of airlines weigh that luggage as well. So now that you have all the items purchased that you will need, you can put them to the side for now. They will come to play for packing day. Everything you buy for the trip, just keep it all together. If you think about it, do it, don't procrastinate. You might also forget. If this is a big trip, you are going to spend thousands of dollars on it, so be thorough. When you are planning your itinerary, try not to do more than one big thing a day. Allow downtime and time to simply enjoy yourself. You may find that these times bring the most of enjoyment. That is what happens to us on a lot of occasions. We tend to enjoy the spontaneous activities the most. Make sure that your budget has room for some spontaneity. If you find something you can't do without buying it, and ship it home.
if you have the room in your luggage. So if I have the room in my luggage, I bring a small duffel bag that I can pack things that I bought on the trip. When you make reservations for your plan or plane, plane, hotel, and possible car rental, go through one of the travel sites. I found a nice internet site called travelfreak.com for a listing of travel booking sites. One, booking.com. Two, hotels.com. Three, VRBO. Four, hostel world. Five, Agoda. Six, couch surfing. Seven, Google flights. Eight, sky scanner. Nine, Momondo. Ten, dollar flight club. Eleven, scotch cheap flights. My favorite. Twelve, get your guide. Thirteen, G adventures. Fourteen, intrepid travel. And 15, Flexi Pass by Travel Stride. When you are planning out your budget for each day, double what you think you will possibly spend. Even if the main meal is included in the package, allow for it in your budget anyways. You may find that you absolutely hate where they are taking you. If you have not allowed for this added expense, you are basically out of luck and are stuck eating their food. Being flexible can be costly, but what price do you put on the memories of a lifetime? Besides, everything costs more than you think it should. I have taken too many trips on a shoestring budget. It can really suck. Do yourself a favor and take a few less trips and save for the nice trips. Also, don't feel like you have to blow your entire budget on this one trip. If you have money left over, you're already getting ready for your next trip. One more thing. As you're planning your trip out, you make it the end of all and you, uh, don't make it the end-all, be-all trip. If you put too much trepper, put pressure on this trip, you'll be let down and disappointed. Nothing can live up to those expectations. I even come across this really good site, practicalwanderlost.com. How to Plan a Trip, the Ultimate Practical Travel Planning Guide by Leah Garcia. It's just too massive for me to copy, so I have just listed it. Give her a visit. She deserves the view. It really is impressive. She put a lot of work into it. But like I said, is it would have taken up half my damn book to post it. So this concludes my reading for these two chapters. I hope you have a great day.